Hello and welcome to The Daily Booktopian for Monday, June 1. I'm Mark Harding, Content and Brand Manager for Booktopia, and I'm finding it very hard to believe what month it is. And this is a podcast about reading in the time of isolation and social distancing. Now, joining me today are two very special guests, author of the new Australian novel, The Drop-Off, Fiona Harris and Mike McLeish. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, Mark. All right. Are you ready to share some book recommendations with our audience? We absolutely are. We're ready to go. Whether they like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's go to you first, Fiona. What, What do you have to talk about? Um, well, look, to be honest, it was it was a bit hard initially when it all started to get my head back into reading because it's just have, finding the headspace with kids at home homeschooling. Um, but I went, I turned to some comfort food in the form of Agatha Christie um, and that got me going. Uh, so I read and then there were none um, for about the third time and just, yeah, that kind of kick-started me. But I've been reading... Um, I've got no loyalty whatsoever to genre, um, so I've been going between Marion Keys, uh, Richard Flanagan, and uh, Donna Tart for the last little while, just back and forth. But yeah, The Goldfinch is one that I'd wanted to read forever. It had been on my list forever, um, and then the movie came out, and everyone said to me don't go see the movie because the movie's not as good as the book. And then I felt really guilty because I hadn't read the book. Uh, So I did and I absolutely loved it and everyone was right with all their raving about it. So, yeah, I've been diving into the goldfinch and loving it. That is a very interesting combination of um, authors that that you're bouncing around between there, I just wanted to say. (laughs) Yeah, I have no loyalty. And then I love a biography as well. So, yeah, I'll just go in and out of every single genre. Excellent. How how long is the is the goldfinch? How many pages? I have a feeling that that's a bit of a tome, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's very thick. Um, I've got it right here. Yeah, hang on. Oh, 864. 864 Woo-wee. pages. Wow, oh, this is a perfect time to be getting into that kind of book, I have to say. Oh look, and it is just so so beautifully written. Like I could only dream of being able to write like this woman. She is just phenomenal, and the way she puts words together is just mind-blowing so you know there was not one moment reading that book when I was bored like it's just one of those books that you can't put down and um yeah it gets to 1am and you think I really need to go to sleep now the children are getting up soon or is more often me saying can you please turn off the light and go to sleep now (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah I have to say I'm 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 a bad bookseller because I've never read Donna Tartt and I've never read Agatha Christie. Um, I know, terrible, right? Hanging up. Oh my god! <laughs> disgusted in you, Mark. I know. Um, I'm disgusted in myself as well, but for many other reasons. Um, what about you, Mike? What have you brought? Um, well, I really wanted to go back to some sort of uh, comfort food style reading. And the last thing that I, I absolutely adored was um, Gentleman in Moscow. And so I started reading that again without it even occurring to me that it's about a man in forced captivity. It's about a man who's been put under house arrest. So the first <laughs> book that I went for was about isolation. Um, and lockdown. And lockdown and not being able to leave the house. So uh, that didn't occur to me when I picked it up because I'm a little slow. But then um, I absolutely loved – I'm actually about 
a third or three quarters of the way through again, and it's just some of the most evocative, beautiful writing. Um, there are so many passages that when I first read it um, over the summer holidays, actually, and I and Fiona had recommended it to me, and during the summer holidays when I was reading it, I kept not even asking her, but just saying, oh, my God, I have to read this this part to you out loud because... Um, Which is when I'd say I've already read it so you don't have to do that. Because she, <laughs> so, she loves me so much that she just lets me do whatever I want to express myself creatively. Um, and so, yeah, I've been loving uh, Gentle in Moscow again. And um, another book that is next on my list is um, Brit Marie Was Here by Frederick Backman, which I read... It was, it was yet another recommendation from Fiona. I, I love a good book, but Fiona devours books as if they might cease to exist tomorrow. She just <laughs> reads and reads and reads. So most of what I read comes from Fiona, and she recommends probably at least half a dozen books a week, and I'll get to about one every three to four weeks. That's, that's sort of the difference in our reading capacities. Um, and Britt Marie was here. Is, is again it's brilliant it's got so much depth of emotion and and it just gentlemen moscow was the same it just dragged happy tears out of me and i just i loved the way both of those stories evolve and have such fascinating and um really beautiful protagonists in in both stories and funny both books are both very books funny. are also very funny, and that's something that, that's quite important to me. I'm not big on I'm not big on the bleak reads, and that's why I've sort of been no. shying away from the Goldfinch because it sounds like that's a that's a heavy hitter. No, but it's not. I mean, it is it is bleak in parts, but it's it's not you know it's not a dark, sombre kind of book. Does it does it give you six hundred and twenty pages of sombre and then two hundred? <laughs> No, doesn't. Sorry, Donatar, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, the, the the punchline on page eight hundred and twenty-six. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth every hour. <laughs> Actually, Mike, I was gonna say you're the um you're the second person who's recommended a gentleman in Moscow to me this week. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get oh, to it. It's, it's so a, good. It's a stunning book. Um, plotting wise, it's it's pretty flawless for mine and um. The, the protagonist and and the the sort of lead cast of characters that surround him in this hotel where he's um, under house arrest permanent house arrest uh, in Russia in the early 1920s it's just it's beautifully rendered storytelling and Kenneth Brenner has um, bought the rights and he's gonna make it and play the lead character yeah so. and we'd like to think that that's that's safe hands yeah we, we like Kenneth. Yeah, that's that that's kind of his his thing, isn't it? Buying the rights and playing the main character. Yeah, that's right. That's Never right. been short of an ego, old Kenneth. Yeah, no. Um, and it was funny as well. I wanted to pick up something you said, Mike, um, about how you picked up this book, and it's you know reminiscent of isolation. Uh, we've had so many people on this podcast who have said the same thing. They seem to be drawn to this kind of story at this time. Um, and I did it myself because I'm a huge Stephen King fan and I've been rereading um, a lot of his books this year. And for some reason, I just picked up The Stand the other day, which if you aren't familiar with it, is about a virus that wipes out 99% of the population. And then you just have that moment where you're like, why am I reading this? I'm just going to leave the room now so that you and Fiona can 
fan over Stephen King for the remainder of the time because you, she literally just gasped, a happy gasp, when you mentioned that you were a fan of Stephen King. So it's been great chatting. <laughs> and and now That's awesome. Do you, do you have um, – he's got a new one out, uh, 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 If It Bleeds. Have you picked that up yet, Fiona? No, the last one I read was The Outsider. Outsider. Um, oh. Yeah, but, no, my daughter – our daughter's 16, and the best part of having a 16-year-old is I am now giving her Stephen King books to read. Um, so I started her off with Carrie, and yep. she just read Misery and The Shining. She's been um, a pretty well-adjusted kid up till now, and now we're just going to mess <laughs> yeah. her up entirely with Stephen King books. She's coming back into our bed at night now. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, like Stephen King was my first love. Well, no, actually, Ina Blyton was my first love. Um, and then I went really to just the other extreme altogether with Stephen King and just devoured his books for years, every single one. And The Stand, yeah, as you say, that is a really interesting choice for you considering what's going on. And, Mark, so were you saying that people have been sort of accidentally drawn to these books or they've, they've actively sought them out? I, I think it's um I, I think it might be more um just an awareness around the themes that might not have been there before because yeah. uh, a, a lot of people have have mentioned on this podcast that uh, you know they're reading this book and then they're like oh this character is like by themselves for an extended period of time and it's not that they intentionally picked that story it's just then you know I think I think you just notice it a little bit more in this in this day and age yeah and also now you've said that I'm realizing that the first book I went to when I started reading in again after lockdown, was Agatha Christie and then there were none, which is ten people stranded on an island. Hello. Oh. <laughs> what is going on? Well, maybe that's maybe that's a, that's a compelling kind of basis to tell a story from, is isolating people, locking them in a room and throwing away the key. Yeah, yeah and it may well be. Maybe it's just people's instinctive need to try and make sense of this time that we're in by going to the, the literature they love that sort of addresses the same sorts of issues. So can we expect now the drop-off to Locked in the Dungeon from you guys? Yes. Look, I always wanted to make a zombie apocalypse episode of the drop-off and Fiona wouldn't oh. let me. So that may well be the next book. Please, yeah. please let him, Fiona. Please, please. <laughs> yeah, look, it's going to be a bit of a hard sell to, to try and make that work, but I'm, I'm sure we'll figure something out. Not according to Mark. Mark's all over it. He loves well, as it. long as Mark's all over it, then Great. Yeah, right. look, uh, you had me at zombie. That's, that's <laughs> what I can tell. Um, Stephen King, we've got zombies. Yeah. Uh, so we also like to talk to our guests on this podcast about what's been bringing them joy in isolation, and it can be joy in kind of any any of the little things in life or the big things in life, whatever's kind of keeping you sane and, and happy in isolation. Um, we'll go to you first for this one, Mike. What's bringing you joy in isolation? Um, music. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of music, both old and new. Most recently, actually, I've, I've sort of dived headfirst into Elbow, which is a band that I had dipped my toes in before and, and had always been kind of blown away with whatever, you know, the sort of greatest hit selection that Spotify might throw at you. But a, a dear friend of mine recently recommended that I, that I get into Elbow because she thought I'd really like it. And so for the last two days I've been neck deep in Elbow and, and I'm loving it. Um, and it's interesting actually because it's been the first it's been the first music, and I realised this today, actually, it's been the first music in lockdown that I've listened to that has a male voice. 
every all the other music that I've been listening to has been women. I've been listening to um, Amy Mann and Nico Case and um, and the that the sort of supergroup that Nico Case is in, which is um, Nico Case, Katie Lang and Laura Veers, and they're called Case Lang Veers, and they've got one album out and just listen to that album. It's stunning. So I've been listening to um Which is I've been weird because he lives with he lives with three women and now he, you just can't get enough of the ladies' voices. No, no, it's it's that it's that I want to hear different ladies' voices for you. <laughs> That's the whole point. And I want them to be singing, not yelling. <gasps> oh, that oh cool. shots fired. <laughs> this is how we write as well, Mark. It's, it's fine. <laughs> So I was, was going to say, um, the the seldom seen kid by Elbow is one of my favorite albums. So oh you're, God. I listened you, to that from Go to Woe for the first time today. Oh, awesome! Well, oh, well, it's it's incredible. It's the, the the last song I was listening to about an hour and a half ago, and I was sitting at my desk crying. Oh, oh wow! Crying <laughs> going on. Jesus. I'm a I'm a big crier, Mark. Oh, I cry. It's I cry a lot. Yeah, I know. Don't do it around her because she just rubs my nose in it. Roll my eyes. It's like a puppy's weed. It's yep. like, yeah, rub your face in your tears. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it out. So um, aside from making Mike cry, what's bringing you joy, Fiona? <laughs> God, I'll be making him cry in a minute. That's top of the list. Um, well, for me, it's been very, uh, lot. well, the opposite of Mike. In mine's all about the sort of visual because I've been going through all our photo albums of, you know, since I was a kid, pulling them all out and scanning them because my brother put me onto a scanner. So that's been my side hobby is it's going to take months. It's going to take months. But I'm slowly going through all our photos and scanning them, putting them in folders, and I'm also doing a lot of editing. So uh, where where we make videos and we make, you know, we're actors and, and have a production company, so we make a lot of content and I love editing. So my kind of you know, go to in isolation when I've got time is to sit down at the computer and just edit content, which I love. I think I should have been an editor, actually. Still time. My other, yeah, calling in life. So I'm loving doing that, just sitting down and editing, going through video footage and looking at photos. So it's all to do with that kind of video and photo stuff. Her new nickname for me is Kubrick. Yeah. I always walk past her office and go, how's it going, Kubrick? How's it going in there? I love it. Yeah, well, you better you you better be careful because uh, Kubrick did make some pretty uh, out there films. Yeah, yeah. That photo album might be a bit uh, <laughs> a bit disturbing. Yeah, not to mention a pretty decent Stephen King adaptation. That'll be my later years. That's that is true. He did do a great Stephen King adaptation. Fiona, did you watch Doctor Doctor Sleep? Sorry, no. this is a tangent, but no. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, so you have to you have to see that film. It's um. So Stephen King wrote a sequel to The Shining called Dr. Sleep a few years ago, and there was a movie of it last year, and it's fantastic. I read it. I've read the sequel, but I didn't know there was a movie. Yep. Yeah, it was out last year or earlier this year, and it's it's so good. All right. I'm putting – I'm writing it down right now. Thanks for that. That's exciting. I just watching – I just binge-watched this week – um, every night while Mike was at his studio making songs and doing that, I watched The Great um, on Stan, which I'm oh. loving. I just absolutely loved. It was just brilliant. Have you seen that? I haven't, but I've heard very good things about it. Oh, it is so good. It's really – I don't want to say too much because Mike hasn't seen it and I've said I'm going to watch all of it with him again. 
But you'd happily spoil it for all your other listeners, just not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a Friday night sorted. Yeah, no, do it. It's so good. Highly recommend it. It's a bit, you know, just be prepared for it's not your G-rated content. Don't have the kids around when you're watching it, that's for sure. Um, but it's very good. Awesome. Well, um, the last thing we like to do in this podcast is give a shout out to an Australian author. And it would be remiss of us if we didn't give you guys the opportunity to shout out to yourselves and oh, yeah. give everybody the pitch for the drop off and why they should buy it. Go, Mike. Whoa, no pressure. <laughs> I'm too busy writing down Dr. Sleep. See what I mean about the yelling? That was really aggressive. <laughs> um, okay, so it's an interesting thing because, um, you know, the drop-off, obviously, it's an, it's a comedic novel with a lot of heart about the benefits of community and it's about accidental friendships and about happy accidents that happen in your life that can lead you in unexpected directions and develop unexpected relationships and obviously we've released it in the middle of a global pandemic so we've accidentally you know released a novel that's now almost like a nostalgia piece you know people are just starting to drop their kids off at school again but they're not allowed to go in the gates they're not allowed to you know linger around and and drink their takeaway coffees and you know make little little funny observations about the minutia of the day and whatever's going on around them so we feel quite, um, I mean, we're immensely proud of the book, but we feel like now we feel very, very lucky to be able to put it out into the world now, just to be able to remind people that this is what the world used to be like and this is what it will be like again. Um, and it's the perfect read for now because it's light, it's funny, it's heartfelt, it's about friendship and community, and it feels like from the feedback we're getting from people who have been reading it, it's exactly what they want and need right now. It's, it's you know, turning away from, you know, the darkness and, and the bleakness that might be going on. No dystopian future in this book. No, it's all... It's, Just a it's very happy recent past. Heartwarming and, yeah, that's what we wanted to write. So it's good that people are, are responding to that. That's what we want. Although potentially a sequel that's filled with zombies. Yes, yes, all right. We'll put that down on the list. That's going to go in as a storyline somewhere. Excellent. Well, Fiona Harris and Mike McLeish, thank you so much for joining us today on The Daily Booktopian. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us, Mark. It's been great fun. And you can listen to all of our episodes for free right now on SoundCloud and iTunes, and we'll be back at the same time tomorrow with another Daily Booktopian. Until then, keep reading and please stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au